This is Jessica from Saska Says, and I present to you the 100th episode of Discussing Who. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and on tonight's episode, we welcome back the person who was on our review of episode number nine, The Empty Child, Nicole Maza. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Ah, pretty good. What about you? Ah, pretty good, actually. So how was your week uh, since? Because it's been about, a, well, it's actually been a week since we spoke. So how's your last <laughs> week been? Uh, it's been kind of crazy. We had craziness in Atlanta. Like one of the biggest counties had uh, a giant water main break. And so we were all on the where you have to boil all your water for like several days. (laughs) So you don't realize how much you use water until you don't have it. It's uh, it's a little rough. So I mean, obviously not Detroit, you know, like Flint, I'm sorry, Flint level, but it's still not fun. Well, the fact of having water and not having water. So you, so you were out of water for, for a part of the time or just, well, yeah, like the first day there was no water pressure. And then after that we had water pressure, but they, we hadn't gotten the analysis back if there were any microbes or anything in it. So we had to boil any water that you used or, you know, go buy water, which of course all the like grocery stores (laughs) were like, there was no water. So yeah, I had a few gallons at home that I was able to buy, but it was, it was tight. Got you. Got you. Well, glad you survived through that and you made it back to us. It was fine. It was just a headache. Well, I want to now transition kind of a little bit north uh, from where you are in Atlanta and just about a little northeast. And welcome back, Mr. Lee Shackelford. How are you? I'm very well, folks. Glad to be back to talk about this episode. So let me ask you this. Uh, how was your week, eventful week, or what was going on with you? <laughs> well, we were surprised by some snow, it being March and everything. What? But yes, huh. yeah, yeah, the kids had a snow day Monday. Yeah. Wow. The weather does seem to be irretrievably broken. Let's just all admit it. And just, you know, <laughs> so something we can, yeah, we we can get, all say to our children. We can say, we need to get those people off the moon base. That's what it is. They're, they're, they're on a satellite <laughs> they're, trying they're to. They're clearly, well, somebody's interfering with their good work up there. Obviously. I know. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. And I'm not going to do the Cybermen voice. <laughs> Thank you. So I will um, direct my mental compass back to mm-hmm. the city that I'm in here. And welcome back, Mr. Clarence Brown. How are you? Doing quite good, man. I'm uh, happy to have training over, which I was in all of last week. You know, I was about ready to implement uh, Emergency Protocol 417 because uh, I was pretty much in dire straits last week. But, <laughs> but definitely happy to be back on the show. Yeah, it, you know, I think I had less time. I mean, other than us recording, I think I have had less time talking to you in the last week than I've probably had in, I don't know, since we've been doing this podcast. Quite so, possibly. 
Quite possibly. possibly. Yep. Episode number 99 will have a special guest on it, and it is Alan Seiler of, or it was, by the time you're listening to this, is, or was, Alan Seiler of Hulanta, who has written a book about the companions of Doctor Who. So go check out episode 99. Fantastic episode. Check out the book. And check out Hulanta, because all four of us, Lee, Clarence, Nicole, and I, will all be going to Atlanta for Hulanta. Well, Nicole, you'll already be in Atlanta. So uh, (laughs) check out Hulanta.com. And for more on the book written by Alan, you can go to CosmicPress.com. That's spelled K-O-Z-M-I-C Press.com. So for anybody listening, check out that website. There are books called Face the Raven. There's Children of Time. There's Star Trek's Greatest Hits, as well as Doctor Who's Greatest Hits. So check it out and come to Hulanta if you can, because we would definitely be interested in meeting you. So that would be really cool. So yeah. guys and lady, are you ready to get into our review? Let's do it. All right. Good deal. So for anybody listening, if you're a fan of the show or if you are the first time listening, this is one of my most favorite parts of the episode when I get to say, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, we are back. Spoiler warnings abound with K9 and, of course, River Song. So, quick question. The Doctor dances, and I'm going to point this to Mr. Brown first. So, Clarence, just overview, ballpark figure. Did you enjoy the episode? Man, oh man. <laughs> I think I was a little down on the last episode. I, you know what? I just did not remember the Doctor dances. And boy, was I wrong about this two-parter because whew, this episode is like one of my favorite of New Who is one of my favorite. I don't know why I didn't remember it as much, but I love this episode. Cool beans. All right. So, Mr. Shackelford. Yeah, same here. Um, just what's not to love? It's, uh, it's yeah. just, it's just rollicking good fun. It's, it's, it's witty and it's clever. You, you, the, the, the doctor, uh, has Rose and Captain Jack to play off of. And the three of them are often in tension with one another. And it's, uh, so yeah, sparks fly. It's, it's, uh, it is, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Love it. All right. Nicole, what about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, this two-parter is definitely one of my big favorites. I am one of those people that's really easy for Moffat's style of writing. I know some, some people don't like it, but for me, it's really awesome. And aside from, like, Curse of the Fatal Death, this was pretty much where I fell in love with his writing. And it is just such a tight script. I love it. I'm going to echo what Clarence said. I I didn't really enjoy the first part of it, The Empty Child. And I think that's the thing with a lot of two-parters. It's hard to have a two-parter that's, well, it's a two-parter, but sometimes without that payoff, if you're reviewing it, it's really hard to do that because that first part that sets everything up, you just kind of feel, no pun intended, empty at the end of it because there's no (laughs) payoff. Yeah. (laughs) 
it, so. it's 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 why in the superhero you know movie franchise is why sometimes doing an origin story is fraught because there's backstory there's exposition there's stuff you have to fill in and it's you know i i really admire spider-man homecoming for just skipping it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, okay that happened and uh yeah so yeah so yeah the, this two-parter is kind of uh, there's there's a lot of rules that a rule uh, stuff to establish here to understand. Okay. Here's this guy. He's got an invisible spaceship. Okay. He's from, he's a time agent. Okay. We got that. Yeah. Okay. And then there's this happening and this happening and okay. Everybody got that. Okay. Move on. Now there's, <laughs> yeah. If you had to go back to the very beginning of this episode, because we, we end the previous episode with something that I called very classic Doctor Who, where you have the monster and it's closing in on you and all seems like it's about to come crashing down. And then you've got the continuation where, oh, it really wasn't quite so bad after all. But what did you guys think of the I'm very cross with you? I'm very, very cross with you. What did you guys think of that? I just I thought it was really kind of funny because he the doctor reasoned out, well, this is a child, so why don't I use that approach? I mean, obviously, he has that great line, like, I'm so glad that worked, you know, because those would have been <laughs> yeah. terrible last words. But I do like that he, you know, he gave it a shot. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I thought it was funny. I certainly wouldn't have expected that would be the way out of the situation, but I I love it. Mm-hmm. It did make perfect sense. It was consistent with other things that we'd seen. And yeah, he... he and it is. It's one of those moments of the doctor saving today with a brilliant idea at the last moment. That's that's what we love, I think. Yeah, the the whole go to your room thing, I think it definitely sets up what we'll see in the last act of the show. Hmm. Um, and I wonder, is this the point where the doctor starts to formulate this idea? OK, um, we're going to treat this being as a child. And, you know, as he eventually figures out how it relates to another character in the story. So I really loved it. So, yeah, I did too. I, I, I thought it was a very good twist and I liked the way Eccleston delivered the lines. You know, it was like yeah. really stern and you really felt like he was talking to a small child <laughs> saying, go to you. I'm very, very cross with you. You know, I, I think he delivered those lines could have been really, really cheesy or really well delivered and he delivered well. Yeah, he definitely sold it. Yeah, yep, yep, I bought it. So let me ask you something that and since we've already done the spoiler warning, I think we can go ahead and talk about it. You said, Clarence, that you felt like that he was setting up, he being Moffat, was setting up that payoff at the end and that this might be where do- the doctor was starting to put the pieces together. Forget about the doctor for a moment. For you guys, when did you realize Who's my mommy? Not not uh, are you my mommy? But who's the mother? Oh man, I feel like a pile of bricks. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it to the very last moment when the doctor said it. I really did not remember anything about this episode, and you know, it it made the payoff good for me. You know, I just didn't notice it, but when it did come, I, I was, I was, you know, that would made the episode for me. It was just beautiful. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to even remember because now obviously I know. So it's kind of hard to rewind that. I'm trying to like, I think I started to s- sort of wonder, but it definitely clicks into place when it does click into place into the plot. 
So I think it was around the time when she started hugging him and the nano genes like were surrounding them. And I was like, mm, something's happening. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I did the same thing that I, I had sort of had a hunch, but I thought, man, there's really not been anything in the episode to nail it down. But hmm, she is. She does actually look to me like she might be old enough to be his mother. I wonder. Yeah. So, but the age thing I never got. I never realized. I thought she was always a what, 15, 14 year old. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'm yeah. I, I'm kind of with you, Clarence. I I know because I've watched it. But and, and and Nicole, I'm going to mimic what you just said or mirror what you said. And I don't remember exactly the first time when I got or didn't get, you know, that she was the mother. But I do remember watching it thinking the parents had died in whatever that crash was. And it was only the child that survived. Watching it again now, my logic is kind of broken because if the child had died in the crash and the parents died, then the nanogenes would have fixed them too. Yeah, that's true. You know, but, yeah, that um, makes sense. but it didn't occur to me, you know, 18 years ago, whenever I was watching it or 13 or however mm -hmm. many years ago it was. It's actually a really good conceit because it was normal for the kids to be separated from the parents in World War II because they were sent out of the, the city up north or sometimes out of the country or, you know, wherever. And so you kind of can easily buy, like, where are the – because that's where those that the kids that are running around, they've just come back to town. But so you don't think, well, where are the parents? I mean, they're at war. You, you just don't think mm -hmm. about it. So, yeah, right. yeah. Clarence, you were about to say something, I think. Well, I was going to say more to the fact of we, – we, briefly talked about the nanogenes. Maybe we want to save that for the end. I'll, I'll save this coming for the, because it kind of spoils the rest of it. So. All right. We'll make sure because I have a nanogene comment. So make sure yeah. we come back to it. Don't let me forget it. I want to ask you guys about Jack and his interactions, not necessarily at the very end, but his interactions during this episode with Rose and the doctor in general. Do we see any changing of Jack in this episode or is he still the same Jack that we saw in the last episode? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, to me, it's like, I think uh, you could kind of say that maybe the doctor, I mean, the, the show is says that the doctor makes him better, but I kind of feel like he was always not really a bad guy he was kind of pretending to be a bad guy because he's trying to be a con man. But I think he just kind of relaxes a little more in the second part and kind of is a little more, uh, I hate to say just human, but I mean, he, he acknowledges his mistake. He feels really bad about it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a change per se. It's just, we're seeing another side of him. Okay. I, I can go with that. Lee, what do you yeah, think? That th That's one of the things that struck me watching this again, for, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen this now, that um, he's, if you're a con man, the thing that you don't do is say, look, everybody, I'm a con man, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he does exactly that. I mean, it's a confession. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what precipitates that, but I, I still bought it. I just, it's, it's him, of course. You know, I, 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 I gassed along too much in the last episode about uh, what I think of him as an actor, but. 
I, I, I just, it's, it's, if the, if there is a problem in this script, I think it's that is that this change happens too quickly and it's not sufficiently motivated, but, but I still believe it. <laughs> I still buy it. So, yeah. Uh, and I'll just to piggyback off both of you guys' points. Um, when, when Jack is talking to the doctor and Rose and, you know, again, like you said, revealing his story of how he's a con man, it seems like he gets offended when the doctor, uh, floats the notion that he could hurt someone, you know, mm-hmm. talking about yeah. he, t- he timed the bomb not to hit anybody and fall in this particular spot. And yeah, he was, he was somewhat offended when the doctor brought that up. So yeah, definitely seems like he was a, you know, a, a sheep in wolf's clothing. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if this was his first con. And so when he kind of starts to feel like he's getting called out, it's oh. like, Oh, okay. Actually I'm a con man, you know, and he just sort of fails. Yeah. Like, this is, this was his first day at the job and he just kind of sucked. <laughs> Good point. Good. Point. Yeah. You know, if this, if this were a Marvel comic of the, uh, the golden age, <laughs> the silver age, I would say <laughs> Nicole gets a no prize. Cause I think that's a great explanation for why Jack does this. That's exactly. <laughs> that, 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 my official explanation in my mind of why Jack does this because exactly. <laughs> he's never done it before and he's not very good at it. Yeah. yeah so he just, he's just failing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do establish here that he's had part of his memory erased and that's, um, yeah. that's going to be part of his story for a while. And, um, so, I, I just love the mystery of that. And um, is this the time to mention that he's got a ray gun that makes a square hole in things? The squareness gun, <laughs> I which just, River gets later. That's right. It's apparently yeah. it ends up in the TARDIS. So yeah, <laughs> but I, I still, I relived my my thrill at that from night from back in two thousand six. So I just, how many times have we seen in science fiction somebody pull out a ray gun and it shoots something, and we know it's going to leave a big round hole in things. That's that's what they <laughs> <Exactly>. do. <laughs> And this one is a perfect, neatly edged square. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely love the banter the doctor and and Jack had back and forth referring to, you know, the sonic blaster uh, versus the sonic screwdriver, which was best. And, you know, how how the screwdriver is so inept and (laughs) it it shouldn't be used. And and, yeah, uh, Jack, Jack kind of just. talks bad about it in a way but it, it fun 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 little back and forth between them on that i thought that was pretty funny haven't you ever had a whole bunch of cabinets to put up i mean yeah. <laughs> too much time on your hands yeah well well and, the- and when they get to the site where the bomb is where the ambulance has fallen um the sonic screwdriver saves the day so man. yeah yeah well Who's you know got the big gun now <laughs> exactly and, and and piggybacking right off of that it is interesting that, you know, we bring up the screwdrivers because the, you know, are the ray gun versus the screwdriver because watching this and knowing that this is Moffat's first Doctor Who story, there are little tangents and there are little bits and pieces that now we've seen Moffat's complete run as a storyteller and as a producer in Doctor Who that he's revisited or re- repurposed or taken the concept and completely, whether it was subconscious or not, repackaged it. Like, for instance, the, you know, the screwdriver and the ray gun. I'm watching that last night and I'm picturing in my head as I'm watching it, I'm seeing the 10th doctor and the 11th doctor meeting each other with the screwdrivers mm-hmm. and showing right. off their screwdrivers. Exactly. Right. 
And, and he makes the villain guard reference, which was in Twice Upon a Time. So that was pretty cool. True. Another thing that I noticed was, and it wasn't in the same mannerism, but he says, and I quote, I like bananas. Bananas are good. Mm-hmm. Right. I like bow ties. <laughs> bow ties are cool. The banana motif will be repeated later on. Too. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, Always yes, bring yes, a yes. banana to a party. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question about the nanogenes. Um, well, no, 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 no. Before I get into the nanogenes, uh, let me ask another question. I was watching the part where they are in uh, the hospital. They've they've sent the child to the room, and they're in the and they're in the hospital, and they are having this conversation with Rose and the doctor before Jack comes in. I don't know if it was me remembering from watching it the first time, but for some reason I had this deja vu moment to where when I was watching the ninth doctor, there was no David Tennant. There was no Christopher Eccleston. There was no Matt Smith, you know, depending on when you're watching it to compare to from the recent. And the only thing that I had to compare this doctor to were the classic doctors. So, and there was, there was a scene that I, that was in that, or there was something that he said that just made him feel really lonely slash alien. And I'm not sure why. So my question is, did you guys feel that loneliness? Is that the resonating concrete part? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I think I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I, I thought that too, that Rose is sort of. Um, she hasn't betrayed him, but she, she's impatient with him and she feels like Jack can handle this. And it does. It's, it's very isolating for the doctor. It's a, I, I, yeah, I, I remember feeling that in 2006 thinking, oh, come on. Yeah. And there's a whole, uh, the dance motif, which, you know, could maybe mean other things supposedly, mm-hmm. but you know, he's like, but I, I've danced, I, I've got moves, you know? And so he's, he's all also trying to prove himself because while he is an alien, he wants to relate to her and he wants her to not, I don't know, be weirded out by him. And (sighs) I think he's feeling probably like Jack knows exactly what to say and what to do. And he's kind of fumbling. And so he's probably feeling a bit of uh, envy over that. Yeah. And for everybody in the audience, who's felt like there was somebody around you who was a lot cooler. Yeah. The Captain Envy, I think is what she called. That's right. Yeah, yeah. she calls it Captain Envy. Wow, I think I saw that totally different. Okay, how did you say it? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you know, two guys vying for this girl, I felt more of a father and his daughter mm. and the the young guy coming to sweep the daughter away. Uh, that's kind of what I've got yeah. I got out of it. I yeah. really felt like it was more yeah. Yeah. Uh, the father dances with his, da- with, with his daughter. I kind of felt that more from this than, you know, two young strapping men fighting for her love, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think you put your finger right on it, Clarence. I, that's really, that's a lot closer to what I was trying to, to say, because the doctor isn't interested in Rose the way Jack is. Right. At least uh, at this point. Yeah, because at this yeah. point, you know, <laughs> think about it with Jack, she, doc- she's breathing and she moves. That's right. right. <laughs> she's a stupid ape, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So for so, me, I, I, I just... I didn't look at it from the, you know, knowing the romance or whatever. I looked at it more so from the doctor saying, this is somebody I'm traveling with 
And everywhere we go, there's these different people that my, the companions meeting, cause it, it mattered not that, you know, it was female Rose or whatever. It could have been if Adam had, or, or Mickey or whomever. But I saw it more so as here comes Captain Jack and Jack is cool. Jack is doing this. Jack is doing that. And Jack is so much, you know, he's, he, he knows the right thing to say and he's really, really cool. And I just felt for the doctor, it was just kind of like, it was the first time I think that I felt like the doctor really liked having Rose there and was actually kind of saddened by the prospect of not from, from the romance perspective, but that, you know, what if Rose decided, Hey, I'm going to go with Jack and, you know, forget traveling with you. That was kind of the, the feeling I got from, from that conversation. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. he'd be losing a friend and he's already mourning the loss of so many people in his life. So I can imagine that being really hard for him. She makes the statement that I trust him because he's just, he's like you, except with, I think she said dating and dancing. Yeah. So, so again, like, I think like a stereotypical thing that a daughter thinks she doesn't consciously look for her father, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. But she looks for those same qualities. And I think that's kind of, in my opinion, what's going on here. Because they're basically, you know, well, not the same person, but very similar. All right. So let me ask you this. And this is tying into that same scene. Do we think that this episode, well, well, all right. How do I want to word this? Um, Let me back up. So, the way I perceive each incarnation of the doctor, I see them as a different version of this person, a different facet of this person's personality, except for nine and ten, because for some reason, the way the story was told, and it may have been because of necessity with him only having one season and then David Tennant coming up and carrying the ball as the tenth doctor. I, I'm not sure there, but, but for those two versions of the doctor, yes, they were completely individualized. Yes, they had, you know, different ticks. Yes, they looked different, of course. But for the ninth and the tenth doctor, the, for some reason, their story just seems to be melded together. Do, do you guys think that or disagree? Agree? Let me know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think about that. Uh, I, I always think of every doctor as being, um, every incarnation of doctor to be, um, a wholly different person who has the, the memories of the other, you know, his past lives. Um, so we could say they're all facets of the same character, but and that's just a, a result of the phenomenon that he keeps turning into other people. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I, I yeah, I felt like going from nine to ten was pretty much like going from three to four or I don't know. Yeah, especially sort of Sarah Jane, you know, you have that relationship there where mm, you know, continuity. three was pretty close to her, but then four, you know, a lot of people think of four and Sarah Jane more as best friends. Right. what about you, Clarence? Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do look at them all distinctly. I don't, I, I can see what, I can see what you're going for there. I definitely see what you're meaning, but I don't know. I think of them all pretty, pretty distinct. 
All right. Well, well, let me tell you, and I agree with, with what all three of you just said. And the only reason I bring that up, even though I kind of had that in the back of my mind, as I was writing down my notes for this, I actually typed in, this was the, and I'll, I'll read it to you. This is the first time I could, I felt, wait, this is the first time I feel like I'm seeing the beginning of the 10th doctor. And then after I hmm. wrote it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, at that point, so is it me watching it now and knowing what's coming? But it was like there was some kind of shift that I felt after this scene that we're talking about and, and, and the way he interacted in the rest of the episode. It was like pre this scene, post this scene. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm making all this up in my, mm-hmm. you know, head, but, but that just seemed like a, you know, a, a, a crossroads for the, for this particular version of the doctor and from hence the rest of the story leads into the regeneration to what he will become as the 10th doctor. Hmm, I wonder if it's just cause uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but maybe um, because it shows how, even if someone uh, really interesting comes along, she's always going to choose the doctor. And that feels like a very fundamental thing with the 10th doctor that in their story together mm. i'm not even from a romance perspective because I, I didn't see that until people told me it was romance but i think that i <laughs> know i'm serious i was like what yeah. did i miss an episode but <laughs> i um i think you know there's that because you do kind of wonder if she's going to go off with jack you know is, is it going to be like you know mel going off at the end of dragon fire you know like oh, i'm not into this anymore and so it's but at the end, they come together and you see that they're a really tight unit. And I feel like it, their bond is actually strengthened in the story. Like they're really they really realize how much they mean to each other, I guess. Cool. I, I, I yeah. can buy that. Again, I was thinking out loud. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty good. Though. I haven't it's ruminated good. on that or anything. Yeah. So I, I want to go back just a little bit to something that I missed, which was the the conversation with Nancy and Mr. Lloyd i just thought that that was very well written oh, so good so so clarence what did you think about that well i love how she i don't know if she came to this conclusion on her own but how she just basically breaks him down after he's been chastising her about you know stealing food from from him and his family and, you know, she makes the comment that you have so much and she deduces that <laughs> the reason he had so much is is because it was he and not the wife that had been uh, messing around with the but- butcher. So uh, the power of a secret. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it can get you off scot free. Just great moment. Yeah. It goes. It in- is a- Go ahead. It is a moment of cool triumph for Nancy, who, yes. who appears so powerless so much. But, yeah, she's got power. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I like I really appreciate her moxie, but as a queer person, using your sexuality against like using someone's sexuality kind of as a weapon, whether they deserve it or not, I mean, it's it's kind of it stings a little bit because you're like, yeah. oh, that's that's not nice, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that he was a good guy and yeah, he had way more than everyone else. And I kind of like that she's trying to even the stakes, but the way she did it, I was kind of like, Oh, I want to like you. And I, it's, I have really like mm-hmm. very mixed feelings in that moment. 
you know, yeah, I get I, that. I'd, I'd like to think it's, it was just because he was cheating on his wife. You know, I'd yeah. like to think that, but yeah, but yeah I, I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. Cause but, that, that's something that does happen in the real world and it's sad. So yeah. And his, his being gay and that being a secret is not what made him greedy and selfish. No, no. And, so, and I don't want it to sound like that. Right. But just like but, I said, it comes out, it can be read kind of awkward. So. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But, but, but I'm going to piggyback off of the, the last comment Lee made is, or, or it may have been you, Clarence, that said he, you know, he was, um, he was a bad guy regardless of, of what he was or was not doing. But, you know, I just think that she used that because that was the only thing that she had at that moment. So she used what knowledge. Because the way I looked at it was, you know, it didn't matter who he was having an affair with. It was, okay, I need leverage, and this is the only leverage I have. Yeah. But, but, but no, I definitely no. see where you're coming from. Absolutely. But, and, and if we're going to, to be judgy about somebody who's got a sex secret, wait till we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's going to blow up on Nancy a little bit, too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So how old do we think Nancy was? Uh, I think I said it before. I thought she was like 15. I did too. And and we're meant to, surely. Uh, yeah, I feel like, didn't he say, I feel like there's a line and I meant to kind of really listen for it. But yeah, I feel how like old the doctor really? says something. Yeah, like maybe you were like 15 or 16 and you had the son and he's four. So maybe she's around 18 or 19, but... I don't have it in front of me, but the way I remember it, the line is, uh, how old are you really? 20, 21? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, I may be wrong, but that's the way I'm remembering. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think that, that was the line that said how old she was. So, which actually kind of, I didn't ever think about it until now it makes her an interesting contrast to Rose because they're the same age. <laughs> and you think about like how, different their lives are i mean obviously yes. there's a time difference but just you know just the way they go about their lives is just so different that's why i love that moment where the the only time the two of them talk and uh and rose <laughs> breaks the first rule of time <laughs> i know i was like no rose no have you learned nothing from father's day but yeah uh, what future yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but but it's it's a it's a sweet moment. No, you win. It's just yeah, yes. Before we get to the ending of the show, and if there's something that I've missed, guys, please jump in and say, hey, you know, I want to talk about this or I want to talk about that. But let's talk about the nano genes for a minute. And I kind of have a problem with the nano genes, and I think I know why we've never seen them again. But but my question is, does anybody remember, have we seen the nanogenes again? Gosh, you know, I was trying to think of that. Ooh, maybe, no, I almost thought maybe on Torchwood, but now I don't think so. Anybody else? Because I don't no. think we've seen them. I don't, it's not coming to mind at no. least. Yeah, me either. I'm, uh, yeah. All right, so here's my issue. Uh, my issue is the nanogenes fix the doctor's hand, and... The reason I have an issue with that is, and I think this is why we may not have seen them again, but if they can fix a, a burn on the doctor's hand, then it just keeps the nanogenes around and never regenerate. Mm. Yeah. Furthermore, um, 
you know, kind of my issue with them in general. Although I'll just have to say I loved how they were used in this story. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But if I'm be nitpicky, yeah. uh, Jack said he looked in the capsule already and saw that nothing was in there. So if he had done that, wouldn't they have imprinted on him already? Oh, good. Mm. Well, maybe they said that they activate when someone's hurt. So maybe they didn't uh, see him as someone yeah. who needed help yet. Yeah. They just pushed right past him. Yeah, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And and they look like fireflies, so you know he he, he you know, yeah he, brushes, he may not he, even notice. That's it. He brushes the sparks away. Because there's like the says, sparks, yeah. Yeah, and he's, yeah. He, he's looking I mean, for something love, he can sell. I love the nanogenes. I mean, I thought that was very high concept. That's really mm-hmm. hard yeah, to yeah. Kind of, you know yeah. the whole thing about rewriting human DNA like by an idiot. I think he says in the first episode, mm-hmm. of the Doctor. Um, they're just trying to work with what they got, but they don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, which is. A huge yeah. conundrum because if you're trying to fix something and you don't know what it's supposed to be, it, it which led to the the kids that well the 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 enemies or the yeah, antagonists that we saw in this show. It's just I love them as a concept. I love how it made this a beautiful story. But you know, again, just being nitpicky, uh, it, there's some loose ends around it a little bit. But I I still loved it though. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying I didn't like them. I mean, I think they would have. They made the show, literally, you know, from the very yeah. beginning, they made the mm-hmm. show. But I just think that that maybe the reasons we had not seen them again is because I could sit here and argue that, you know, hey, after they, you know, fixed his burnt hand, why didn't they turn everybody else into a Gallifreyans? Not necessarily Time Lords, but Gallifreyans because of, mm-hmm. you know, fixing his burn. So I just think that that was a um, Pandora's box that yeah. um, they had to put into the Pandorica, maybe? I don't know. But, <laughs> wasn't, uh, it, wasn't it Jack's nanogenes that fixed the Doctor, though, not the ones at the site? Cause ah, those, very good. A, very, they, very they good. They had met, like, oh, well, just like, humans, yeah. but humanoids, I suppose. And and I guess the thing with the regeneration stuff, it's kind of like, well, y- you know, there's there's all those things. Like, couldn't they have had the TARDIS and the such and such place so they didn't you know get yeah. killed or if someone got sick couldn't you take him to the future and get him fit it's like one of those narrative things yeah. that you can probably pick apart any story with that i'm not saying you know it's yes you, can. you can't yeah. say uh that's a, an issue i'm just saying that if you pull the thread too much it's probably going to come apart on <laughs> any story especially doctor who we, we always that about doctor who i'm just saying that you know <laughs> it's true it's just the kind of the the way the show is, I suppose. Well, we we always have to come back to um, the wisdom of the um, title song of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. You know, repeat to yourself, it's just a show. <laughs> just relax. Yeah. And, uh, and when all else fails, rule number one: the doctor lies. <laughs> also true. <laughs> have we ever seen a Tula before? Um, I, I think that no, that was definitely made up for this because yeah. uh, tr- trivia I learned online is that's the name of a restaurant in London, and that's yeah, where, it was uh, like an Indian restaurant or something. Yeah, I think. and, they, <laughs> and uh, when uh, Moffat got the got the commission, uh, he took everybody out uh, there to to celebrate and decided to to name the off screen race Chula for this. And I don't, I guess I need to go back and watch this two parter again and listen more closely. But I but I was reading other commenters online talking about it and saying that. Um, Jack's ship is Chula as well. 
Yes. Yes. Right. yes he, he says, says it. it. He does say it. Yeah, yeah he does. Okay, so it's in the first episode, maybe. I can't remember, but he does say it. So those are the same nanogenes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. No, Except but, they say, but the doctor says something like, yours are different. These have never seen a human before. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And he says those that were in the capsule were made for soldiers specifically. So I don't know if there's a difference from yeah. the ship. Yeah, they're two different kinds of ships, too. So. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they have to be different because he, he says you know, these are the ones that are supposed to, well, they, they all seek an injury, don't they? But Well, the other yeah. one was an ambulance, literally, because remember they made reference, the other one was a quote-unquote ambulance. It's an ambulance, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, those, are, those are the doctors and everything. <laughs> Space ambulance. Mm-hmm. And I was a fan of um, your classic uh, Star Trek. I, I, I love the fact that uh, deliberately or not, there's a shout out to the the first Star Trek pilot with somebody trying to fix a human being when they don't really know how. So, oh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's patch it together. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so and and they speaking of Star Trek, they even had a line in there: "We seek new life and dance." Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I think ties off the. Uh, the, all the Star Trek jokes. <laughs> no, the, no, I think the there was one story. more because uh, I think uh, when they were running up the stairs. Oh yeah, and the the Jack says, "Mr. Spock, Spock. Yeah. Was, yeah, or something." Well, I totally didn't catch that. <laughs> well, she's, well she's, she she introduces him as uh, Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Uh, yeah. So. Oh yeah. Also, I love the moment when you know I guess the Doctor again we talked about before uh, feeling a little down on himself, <laughs> and he says. Uh, uh, you assume I don't dance, and you know I I got the moves, but but I wouldn't want to boast. So you know the doc saying, you know, <laughs> I'm not a total dweeb. Yeah, yeah, I love that exchange where I, I wrote it down. It said we were talking about dancing. It didn't look like talking. It didn't feel like dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was clever. so great. That was so great. <laughs> yeah. It is always fun when she gets one up on him like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, since I was talking about uh, the uh, the Star Trek pilot, I got to say too that um, because I'm a fan of classic Who, I appreciate the fact that uh, the whole Jack Harkness backstory here tags him as coming from the 51st century. Yeah, uh, of all you know, all of time and space. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat seems to keep tapping on this thing, and we remember the 51st century from that's where Chris K9 the, comes it, from. It was and, like Chris uh, the Fatal Death, the guy, and that was from. The 51st century, the bad guy. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, my God. Oh, he would have to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's irresistible. Sure. But, 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 yeah. But many people say Talons of Wing Chiang is the greatest serial of all the classic series. And then the bad guy in that one comes from the 51st century. Yeah. So, and we also Grille. know who else was in the 51st century when she attended college to become oh. a professor. Yep. You know. That's it. Melody Bond, and, uh, I think. Yeah. Yes. Right. Melody. Melody. Yeah. Miss Melody and, went uh, to school in the 51st century. Yeah. Right. Yep. So a bit um, more flexible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rose didn't seem too happy about that. Oh, I was no, like, she... oh, it's all right. <laughs> it's obviously Polly too. You can date multiple people at once. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. speaking of, um, it's funny. Because I'd never gotten the 50, I mean, I heard him say the 51st, but I didn't realize that was where K9 was from. But that's funny that you mentioned that because when I was hearing the 
interaction between Jack and and the ship that he was on, the the AI that was speaking, when he would ask a question, the ship did not say yes. The ship said affirmative. Affirmative. <laughs> wow. So cool, cool little play on words right there. I thought, you know, so very, very cool. So let's get to the end of the episode where the nanogenes and the, the child that's alive with the face or whatever. And (laughs) there's that hugging moment. What did you guys think of that whole scene right there? It's, it's one of the, the landmark moments of the series, I think. It's yeah. just, it's, it's a, it's a, a happy ending followed by another happy ending followed by another happy ending. Yeah. Um, and, and a great speech that the doctor gets to make in which he, obs- in which he tosses out the remark that life is just nature's way of keeping meat fresh. <laughs> which I just, I think is one of the greatest single lines of all Doctor Who. And, uh, um, I read here today that uh, Moffat, uh, has, that's his favorite line that he's ever written, apparently. So, um, and is annoyed when people quote other favorite lines when that should be the one that they quote. <laughs> it's, it is, it's a, it's a great and profound observation, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just this once rose, everybody lives uh, <sighs> for, so even, even if, even if you've just come to the, to the series, you know, with, um, with Rose and the episodes after that, you've, you've already been impressed by the, the body count when you hang around with the doctor. And, um, those of us as fans of the classic series, we know sometimes it just seems like they get away by the skin of their teeth and everybody else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> but just this one. Everybody lives. Rose. Yeah. She's just so happy. You can't beat him. Yeah. Yeah. And you can almost look at it as his redemption for, from, from the, the time war because, mm-hmm. He saves the whole planet literally with with that move, and I also find it funny that the whole resolution to the issue was the one thing Nancy was running from, you know, out yeah. of sheer fear. It was just yep. beautiful how that all melded together. Yep. By by part of her the fear and the problem itself, uh, resulting in the the solution that was always there. Man, I'm giving a talk about this just this next Sunday morning. This is because this is one of these things where our fantasy touches on real life. Because I, I think that's a that's a very profound thing that Clarence is pointing to. This, so often the solution, the happy ending, is just on the other side of our comfort zone. If yeah. you just own up to that one thing, the one thing that's keeping you from, you know, that's very, what I think. Very deep. Yeah. Yes. yes, getting profound here. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pull it. Pull on your Wellingtons, and we'll wade into that. But, yeah. I want to. I put in my notes. I want to give an honorable mention to. I think her name was Mrs. Harcourt. She's the one whose leg grew back. I just <laughs> loved her. She was like, I loved her so much. She's like, I didn't. Oh. I had one leg, and and the doctor says something like, I mean, the doctor Constantine says something like, Well, there's a war on. Is it possible you miscounted? <laughs> What was her name again? That's, that's, Mrs. Harcourt, I think was her name. I wonder, is that a, uh, a Harry Mudd reference? Oh, okay. oh. Har- yeah. Harcourt Fenton Mudd. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of a reach, but why not? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. You know, there's all the Star Trek stuff going on. You exactly. never know. So, yeah, Mrs. Harcourt. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, is it possible you miscounted to me seems so very British. Yes. I just, as, as an explanation for her. And I just love the way uh, you delivered the line. It's just like, it's, it's a tree. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. 
So are there any moments for this episode that we've not talked about that you guys would like to cover that was like a standout or something in your notes that, that was like, oh, I really wanted to say this? Well, I, in reading what other people have written about this episode, I, I, I saw again and again, people keep saying, well, we're talking about dancing. I know that means we're talking about. And I remember thinking that when I saw the episode the first time, but I also kind of want to say, hmm, what exactly do you really base that on? I mean, that sounds like projecting to me a little bit, but I'm not saying that's not a, a, a wink of the, the screenwriter at the audience, but. But I, I was just surprised how many people say, well, of course, when they say the doctor dances, what we mean is the doctor is a, a sexual being. And he, you know, he said, well, I, really? I guess it does have a bit of an innuendo sort of tone when they're talking about it. And I'm wondering if that's what people are picking up on. And it's a joke that Moffat goes back to. You know, there's there's a few times, like even a girl in the fireplace that comes up. Yes, so that's I right. I wonder if that's just. So in case you missed it in uh, the Dr. <laughs> yes. Dances. Here it is again. On the fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly tea time. No. <laughs> right. Well, that's it. So you have to, you know, I understand you for, for a long time in American popular culture, when we said kiss, you know, it was understood that that's, we didn't necessarily mean kiss. Right. So uh, yeah, I'm like, Claire, I'm like, what? <laughs> In the 30s and 40s, in a lot of uh, a lot of films, where we talk about um, people kissing, we're not. Yeah, it's we're not yeah. just talking about them kissing. It's, well, there was the the um, what was it? The code. Uh, the postal guy had the code, uh, the Hayes code, and so they they yes, had yeah. actual things within the movies that were code for things, so that you would say smoking a cigarette means they just had sex or yeah, whatever. So they had to do yeah, stuff exactly. like yep. that just to kind of get around the censors. I think I think one now is like um, let's get coffee or something. They oh, use yeah. that in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of things that you can uh, yeah. Uh, if you really want to to look at this episode that way, then a lot of those kinds of patterns emerge. I mean. Uh, Jack comes down riding the bomb like Major Kong and Doctor Strangelove. So he has this. Uh, he has this, of course, this enormous, you know, <laughs> bomb thing between his legs. You know, it's just like, hey, okay, we get it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, and talk about things that I didn't notice until somebody pointed out to me. But uh, they, but they say that you know, if you're looking at this in high res and you slow it down, then you can see that that bomb has been named, and it says it has painted on the side of the bomb Schlechterwolf. <laughs> So there's the bad wolf reference in there. Oh, wow. Ah, okay. He's uh, riding the bad wolf. He's riding, he's <laughs> no. literally got the bad wolf between his legs. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> volcano day indeed. Yes. Yep. Well, they did say it was volcano day. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he would show up in fires of Pompeii, but he was hiding somewhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, at least the volcano. <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah I, I also point out why kyle's laughing over there is that um it was also wonderful how the doctor had already figured out jack you know just like he figured out nancy he figured out the type of person jack was mm. and he he even mentions at the very end of how he coerced him to leave to do the thing that he had to do to save save them all so again the doctor three steps ahead and, and 
in definitely uh, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, he even says psychology because Rose is like, "How are we going <laughs> to get out of this?" And he's like, "Psychology." <laughs> yeah, he totally played Jack. Yep. And I totally didn't get what what he meant by that until all of a sudden here comes Jack with the spaceship, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> hello! <laughs> he, I understand yes. now." The total Han Solo. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, but you know, it just goes back to something that we've repeatedly said in this review of series one and, and Clarence, I'm going to repeat again and something else I've said. I'm so glad you made the suggestion to go back and watch every episode of the new series because I had forgotten how good some of these episodes are. And it, it's, yeah. it, it's good that we're having that memory, you know, remembrance because when I'm telling you people about, Hey, you know, I almost apologize for series one and now I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that anymore. And, you know, I'm going to say, you deal with the Slidane, but everything else is good. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, um, as I went to my Amazon app to watch this episode, I noticed I saw a blank spot at the end. I'm like, no, it's almost over. And I'm just diving in so deep and, you know, Elkison be out of there. So yeah, sad times. Oh. And next week it's Boomtown also. So, but before, but 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 before we drop the boom on that, uh, the question has to be: What do we give as a rating for this particular episode? And Nicole, since you are our guest, you get to go first. Oh, okay. Um, is it okay if I mention two things real quick? You most certainly I, can. Go notes? for it. Go um, for it. One thing I thought it was interesting that the doctor makes a quick reference to uh, dropping off a red bicycle to Rose when she was 12. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if it was just he was on a high from this whole adventure and he did it now <laughs> or something. I don't know. And then um, I just I really found it kind of endearing Jack's little story about waking up with the executioners that were a couple and they kept in yeah. touch with them. I mean, it's yeah. just it's so Jack, but it's actually. Sure. Nice. You know, it's like, oh, they kept in touch, you know, and obviously (laughs) didn't execute him. So apparently he dropped out of that. So, um, but as far as a rating, I think last week I said five because I was just all excited. But, you know, it's hard for me to not say five for this one as well because I just, it's definitely my favorite story from series one and one of my favorite Doctor Who stories ever. So definitely five. Cool. All right. Mr. Shackelford, what say ye? Yeah, I, I minced it down to tiny numbers last time, but this is the big old five. If this one isn't perfect, I don't know what is. Mr. Brown, five all the way. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And for the simple fact of the fact that I like this episode <laughs> and the fact that you all said fives, I'm not going to break the the run here and say anything but Five. Very good. Very, very good. So I got a quick, quick question I have to throw out there. Of course, we got this big high energy moment of the doctor at the end and he gives a little speech. And we see a lot of these in New Who. Uh, So I want to know, like in classic Who, do we get many of those doctor up on the pedestal, top of the world um, moments like that, that you get, you know, you get a lot of those Mm. in New Who. Yeah, it, it, the the fact that a couple immediately jumped to my mind suggests maybe, or maybe they stood out because they were so unusual. But. Yeah, I feel like they happen, but not 
as many. You know, you definitely have ones that you remember, but they're, I don't think they're as common as the no, new series. No, the big speech. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm thinking, what is it uh, called? Wheel in Space, where the, the fourth doctor is so impressed that uh, the human race is going out to colonize. And he says, Oh, yeah. They are indomitable. <laughs> the human race ready to outsit eternity. Yeah. It's, it's, and I love it's the, bit, the voiceover bit at the end of Survival with the seventh doctor. And um, oh, yeah. like Andrew Cartmel wrote that ending. And it's just some of those bits are just really good. But I feel like they're more the exception than the rule. Agreed. And I think this this whole and I may be wrong here as we continue going through this. Maybe R two D R two C two R T D. I think he gets that a lot. R T D. Also, I, I've just lost it in this episode. Uh, R T D. Also, um, may have the speeches, but I don't think so. I think that it. This is something that comes from Stephen Moffat. These. These, yeah. you know, grandiose speeches. I was just reading something. That, d- d- talk about uh, nerd trivia of nerd trivia. But d- a commenter here on IMDb said something that has never crossed my mind before in all my years of being a Who fan. <laughs> that one of Stephen Moffat's contributions to the series is giving us a title that has a verb in it. <laughs> that, you know, you're right. <laughs> isn't that amazing? That really, I never thought about that either. All of the series titles are, are always they're, they're collections of nouns, the Genesis, the Daleks, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, 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 this and that of the Daleks and, you know, uh, the invisible so-and-so, you know, and so now the doctor dances. dances. Wow. It goes off like a bomb when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, but uh, yay grammar. And they're going on to mention that actually once he, once he started it, yeah, he can't stop. The Pandorica opens. The good man goes to war. Let's kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have all these uh, verbs. Yeah. yeah. The doctor falls. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, heaven sent. Okay. Heaven so sent. yeah, I can't yeah. stop. Right. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. Hell so bent. Once, once, he's, once he's opened the door, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It was a challenge. And then he was That's like, right. I'm yeah. this all the time now. Okay, now my brain wants to sit here and start uh, um, trying to dissect every every name. There. I just need to sit down with a list, but yeah, but you know they are mostly the fires of Pompeii, the girl in the fireplace, you know. But yeah, yeah, lots of something of the somethings. Exactly, the something of the somethings. Yes. <laughs> so, anything else that you guys have before we close? I think we have rung it until, uh, yeah. Until it's dry, we've 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 danced until our we can dance no more. That's all right. night long, one might even say. Uh, there you go. Isn't all that, night long. Yes. Isn't that what Lionel Richie says? Yes. Yeah. Now I have that song in my head. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, on the ceiling all night long. Take your pig. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'll share share something sweet here as we're wrapping up. But uh, I wanted to share on our little. Uh, chat client i wanted to, to find a re- good recording of uh, in the mood and just drop that up there and oh, i found yeah. th- and i found this video clip from youtube of glenn miller and his orchestra uh, playing the song and somebody in the comments thread on youtube which you know is usually a cesspool of comments thread on youtube yeah. but somebody in the comments thread wrote actually doctor i thought jack might like this dance i'm sure he would rose <laughs> but who would <laughs> poor <laughs> hey, jack um, which was again so heartbroken there. I just saw. 
Yep. The beginning of Rose and the Doctor throwing people under the bus. Oh, <laughs> oh Jack. Nicole, we want to thank you again for being our guest to coming on You're not welcome. one but two weeks straight yeah. in a row. We enjoyed Ooh. having you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for anyone listening, how could they find out more about you? Where could they go to find you? Well, um, I do a, a podcast, a Doctor Who podcast. It's called Terminus, if you didn't listen to the last episode. And uh, you can find that podcast at terminus.libson.com. Uh, the Twitter for that is TerminusCast. Um, or you can find me, I'm Radiant Baby on Twitter. Um, there's also Terminus DW podcast on Facebook. I'm, I'm out there with a lot of Terminus names. So cool. I guess that's it. Cool <laughs> I'm all over and yet nowhere. No, <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> Weird. And so yeah. if we do not see you until, uh, you know, on an episode of this, we will see you in person at Hulanta. So we're looking Ooh, forward so. to that. You so get that you know get together together. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, Mr. Shackelford, where else can people find ye? Oh, lots of places, but I'll always point people towards relativitypodcast.com, the soon-to-be new and improved relativitypodcast.com. Thanks to, thanks to Mr. Clarence Brown. So, there you go. And speaking, That's me. And speaking of thanks to Mr. Clarence Brown, where else yeah. can uh, ye be found? Oh, uh, you can find, well, I'll point you to my blog, which I'm saying it now. So that forces me to update it. Yeah. Uh, what is that? <laughs> what idea? <laughs> yeah. You know, a little pressure, which yeah. is at IamClarence.com. You can check it out there. And also I'll point you guys to go to the discussing who slash discussing comics YouTube page, which can be found at YouTube.discussingwho.com. Cool beans. So since you took uh, the thing that I was going to plug, which was our YouTube channel, I'll just return the favor back to you and say, if anyone is interested in Star Trek and specifically Star Trek Discovery, Clarence and I can both be found on along with his brother, Carrie, and some other great guys on Discussing Trek, which can be found at DiscussingTrek.com. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks. Kyle's for... new goal is to own the word discussing. <laughs> hey, I had nothing. I have to say I had nothing to do with that. That was completely one million percent, uh, which I am, you know, a billion percent cool and thankful, you know, and I just am, you know, like psyched that he did that. But, uh, I, all, uh, all credit goes to Mr. Brown on that. You yeah. just need like a meta episode that's like discussing, discussing who. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The discussing <laughs> network coming soon. Yes. Yeah. That's it. You've started the discussing, discussing, network. discussing, discussing Dr. Who. There you go. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, for anyone listening, we do obviously discuss things around here. And one more thing, since we're just going on that whole tangent here, <laughs> we also discuss comics that you can find at discussingcomics.com. So thank you for listening and enjoying, or at least we hope you enjoyed the episode. We will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. 
You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.